From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, BlockFi, they get a line of credit. Twitter, are they actually going to get acquired by Elon? And I answer some listener questions. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. I have a actually pretty big, long show for you today, I think. It's really hard to tell how long it's going to be before I record it. But I want to get straight into those crypto prices to make sure we stay on track. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 8.04 Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,540, down 2.2% in 24 or 2.4% in 7. Ethereum's at 1096 down 4% in 24. Tether's number 3, USDC's number 4, and Binance is at 215 down 1.6% in 24. Running off the top 10, we have BUSD, Cardano, XRP, Solana, and Dogecoin, which is down on the day but up on the week. Total market cap is down one8 sitting at $903 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 43.3 and an F dominance of 14.7. And now it's time for coin of the day. Our coin of the day is Gollum, ticker GLM, rate number 115 on coin market cap. Its price is 23 cents, down 4.7% in 24. Total market cap is 230 million. Fully diluted market cap is 230 million, which means 100% of GLM is in circulation of its total supply of 1 billion. And by the way, I just want to make a note. It's very interesting to only do the top 200 coin of the days, like top 200 rank on coin market cap, because in this downturn, it has changed so much. There was a point where I was getting to, it was like, we're running out of coins to do for coin of the day. I can't find one I didn't do. And now because of the ups and downs of the market, the whole top 200 has basically changed. Well, okay, not the whole top 200, but probably 40 or 50% of the coins. And now new things are coming up, which is totally interesting. So what is the all-time high for GLM? Well, it was four years ago, January 8th, 2018. The last bull before this bull, but the last bull. It was $1.25. It's down 81% since then. It's up 2,500% from its all-time low six years ago in 2016 of 0.0087 cents. You can buy this at Binance, Bitthumb, Coinbase, KuCoin, Uniswap. And there you have it. So what is this GLM? I know you're very curious. I am too. It's an oldie. I remember seeing it a lot when I was trading back in 2017, 2018. On April 28th, it says, 2016, the Gollum Project was announced. The network launched on mainnet on April 10th, 2018. The Gollum Network is a decentralized computation network, a new way of distributing redundant computing power to those who are in need of it, on demand. It creates a peer-to-peer network where users can join on an equal basis to buy and sell computation, splitting up complicated tasks into smaller subtasks on the network. In Gollum, there's no central authority, and no user is more or less important than the other. 
That is very interesting. I wonder how it works. Does anybody use GLM? Let me know, Matthew at Crypt.co. But that is our coin today. Moving into our show today, we have a lot of listener questions that has been piling up in my inbox, and I want to address them today. So we're going to start with listener questions before we get into headlines. The first question comes from Andy. Andy says, I'm sure you listened to the GM episode, and GM is the podcast from Decrypt, another podcast from Decrypt, and they had Steppen on the other day, the CEO of Steppen. And as you know, it was coin of the day, so Andy wants to talk about it. And he says, Steppen is gaining a lot of traction. A few episodes ago, you asked, what's the deal? And it seemed like a Ponzi. She answered most of your questions on GM. Also, the project I think is pretty unique regarding its tokenomics. There are two coins, GST and GMT. There is an unlimited supply of GST, which is used for daily activities, upgrading, repairing, and so on and so forth. GMT is the governance token, limited supply, deflationary, and that's where you make the money in the future. Also, you noted that the money coming in is just from a few users. True. But for now, they're signing big companies. I think ASICs is already on board. So that's where the game changes, and it becomes less of a Ponzi. They will have events like marathons and so on and so forth. Dude, it's addicting. And there's a component of gambling involved. Bend GST to mint, and there's a chance you'll get expensive sneakers. I've lost 20 pounds using this since April. If nothing else, there's that. Keep up the good work, Andy. And first of all, Andy, I am super stoked that you lost 20 pounds walking around earning tokens with this app. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. That's amazing. But for the tokenomics, this is literally the playbook of the industry. You have two tokens. This is nothing original. This is very much in line with like a standard playbook cotton copy. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers, MKBHD, always says that never buy tech for future promises. And I am a very good, uh, I guess, case study of that. I have a Model Y performance. I've been waiting for track mode for my Model Y performance for <laughs> ever since I bought it. They said it's coming. It's still not here pisses me off i want track mode also my full self-driving i don't have full self-driving on that car at all <laughs> there's i mean yes it, it does lane changes it navigates on autopilot but it's not driving on the streets could i sign up for the beta yes but i don't want them monitoring how i drive i mean first of all i like to drive like how i like to drive and i don't want somebody monitoring and me it's not worth it for me so just give me what i paid for long story short is i bought the car with future promises and now my expectations have not been met and i want my track mode at the very least and self-driving will come sooner or later but this is the same thing with the industry don't buy tokens because they're promising of all these you know partnerships with these different companies i've worked at these startups i've been in these startups i've seen what these partnerships are these partnerships are a load of crap half of the time and they put their name on something with no real I guess substance to it no revenue no partnership really and nothing more than just saying let's have an email exchange honestly I'm waiting for the money and therein lies the problem like I said on the show the only revenue stream they have is that new users are buying the token and they're burning the token so if you're just using new users to come in and put money into it and then you're paying out users based off that money and then to get your other token to increase in value you burn said token it is literally the playbook that everybody's been running on for a long time. Little Ponzi-esque. However, there's no sustainable revenue or no sustainable future. I also want to know what is their plan. If you're using this, are they selling your data? Are they... I don't, I don't really know what they're trying to do here. So is ASICs coming in here to partner with them? Great. But even so, tell me how ASICs is going to have a sustainable model for them. Are they going to fund all of the token payouts for everybody that's walking around? Probably not. And even if they were for a short term because of some kind of partnership, 
is it a sustainable future? They have their own business to run with their own profit margins. They can't add that to their business unless it's just to buy Asics shoes, and therefore they will acquire Stepin and it will become an Asics product. So again, I am very curious how this works. Now, I'm not saying that this company will not work itself out. I'm not saying that in the future it won't be something special, a revenue-generating, great product that it can stand out on its own or maybe even go on the stock market. However, right now their model is unsustainable. And the only thing that's fueling this thing working is people buying into it, the token, without any product that they're actually selling. And it's all about weird tokenomics with Ponzi-esque like uh, trickle-down sort of things and deflationary tokens. And they're getting you stoked because of partnerships. Let me know when the revenue comes in. Next email comes from Jack. Jack says, I was listening to your podcast today and I was really pleased to hear you bring up the NPR story in the morning edition about Bitcoin. I too listened to NPR Morning Edition and other news podcasts. And the story they put on about Bitcoin just seemed weird. It seemed like an attempt to drag crypto through the mud by being rather misleading. It felt like the conclusions they were coming to missed the mark. But I also could see how that story could have a negative effect on the image of crypto for someone who has a limited understanding of it. It was kind of a bummer to hear that kind of story on NPR today, but it was really great hearing you talk about the story on your podcast and sharing your thoughts with all of us. I always appreciate your insights and always asking your listeners to email. So I thought I'd reach out. Keep up the great work, Jack. Jack, thank you for writing in and and thank you for listening to the podcast yesterday. So again, the problem with this is that they're only touching the tip of the iceberg and they're focusing on Bitcoin for some rather strange reason. If in fact our data is controlled by only a couple of internet service providers, there is a huge implication or huge repercussions from this, not just Bitcoin and Bitcoin honestly is small. To be perfectly honest, I don't know enough how the internet works or if the miners actually can see that data is being withheld from them and that's a big thing i think i don't know if the tx ids or the transactions on the bitcoin network and things going from wallet to wallet sooner or later if they're being this information is being added into a block can a miner or miners start seeing like hey we're not getting all the transactions and information and that actually could be maybe mitigated by the miners themselves by saying looks like there's a clog up here or somebody's manipulating the blocks we're going to take a different approach I think that could be possible, but somebody's going to have to understand the process of mining and Bitcoin and block creation a lot better than I do to comment on that. However, I do think it's disingenuous to say, hey, our information is controlled by three companies. Oh, by the way, that could affect Bitcoin. That's super weird. How about write a story that say, what about freedom of speech, data, commerce, all of that? Now, that's the real story. If we're worried about data going anywhere, yes, maybe Bitcoin, but what about just communication? What about our freedom of speech rights? What about freedom of the, the press? What about religion? What about all of these different things that these companies can manipulate by controlling the flow of data? NPR, I think, missed the mark on this in the actual gravity of the situation, and that was kind of depressing. But thank you for listening, Jack, and thank you for writing. Next thing up is I get a lot of emails every day uh, from different companies trying to pitch their products or their guests or whatever, or PR companies. And literally, I think it's probably about 30 to 50 a day. Some days I get even more than that. And And I love it. Thank you. If I change the model of the show, I would definitely be reaching out to a lot of these people to talk to a lot of these different companies and projects in the space or these thinkers or whoever. But 
sometimes I get things that make me understand that there is a problem with preying on the situation. And this is one of them that really upset me yesterday. And I wanted to make sure that I pointed it out to you. It said, the email said, Hi, Matthew Deemer. Looks like we're in a recession again. But this time, it's different. Price hikes of this magnitude have been seen for generations. But recession or no recession, there's always a way to improve things. Bag a lottery win. With us, you don't even need to buy a ticket to be in with a chance of winning a lifetime-changing jackpot. Good luck from all of us at Crypto Millions Lotto. What a predatory email. Don't click on this. Don't give them money. Don't give them your information. Who does this? Who owns Crypto Millions Lotto? If anybody knows, let me know. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Maybe I'll D-Y-O-R and try to get to the bottom of it. But as right now, it looks pretty predatory. The wording is just trying to prey on people's fears, prey on real situations where people are having less and less disposable income or having harder and harder times to make ends meet. Wow. Wow. Who are these people? If you know, let me know. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. And the final email that I got was from Grant. And Grant talked about tokenomics. And Grant wrote an email that says, Hey, Matthew, I started listening to you around 2021. And I have enjoyed every episode. The only problem I have, and I know this isn't your fault, is that even though I want to listen to your show every morning, when I start work, I'm always behind, a day behind. Why? Because I'm in England and, well, time zones. Yep. Anyway, Sutherland AFC is a team I follow. And to cut the long story short, a minority shareholders reported selling his shares around 30% to a crypto group claiming to be a DAO. This hasn't been met with much enthusiasm from fans, including me, with most asking where the money is coming from to buy those shares. Even with the current crypto situation set aside, I think it's a bad idea. From you talking about how unfair DAO voting systems might be, in yes of how one person could control or hodl all the power, to the fact that I believe running a football club like that removes some of the passion out of the decisions made. And here's some links for this DAO. As you can see, it doesn't shine a best light on crypto, and I'm wondering what your thoughts on the subject. I don't want the club to be turned into a guinea pig, and I hope this doesn't go through. Grant. Oh, and by the way, Grant says I sound like William Shatner when I say coin of the day. Well, from another Trekkie, I'm going to say thank you. (laughs) Anyway, here's my whole thing on DAOs. And a DAO is only as good as its bylaws, its rules, or its constitution. One only has to look at who writes the rules of voting and then realize that they mostly write them not in the best interest of the DAO, but in the best interest of the product or themselves. DAOs and the idea of DAOs have been around long enough to have ironed out the details of voting and fairness. Also, voting has been around for a very long time. There's no reason that a well-thought-out system of democracy hasn't been implemented for a DAO. The fact is that while the idea of DAOs, democracy, decentralization, immutable, transparent, and accessible is a great idea, the flaw is in the humans. The thought experiment everybody should do when they see a DAO is, can I think of a better system? Who has the power in this system? Do we need a DAO? Who wrote the rules? And what are the tokenomics? And there's probably some more in there. So my whole thing with DAOs is it's very flashy democracies. And we have systems of democracies. Will this make the democracy better? But the rules and the bylaws and the way DAOs operate often are written in a way that only favors the creator or the largest hodlers, the people with the money, the people with the tokens. And where did this DAO come from? I don't know. How are they buying it? Where the money come from? It's probably pooled. Who controls what? Not too sure. Uh, Again, it's all about the the rules. So I bet if you deep dive into this, you're going to see that this is stacked in favor of the creator of the DAO 
or the largest token holders. And yes, is probably not going to be good for the football team in general. Moving into some headlines, Hong Kong authorities are prosecuting a former senior manager at crypto exchange Huobi, accusing them of illicitly making $5 million by secretly trading against the company. The case revolves around trades allegedly executed in February and March of 2020 by Chen Bao Liang, a former senior manager in Huobi's institutional clients department. Chen was arrested in May of 2020 and charged with accessing Huobi's internal systems with criminal or dishonest intent. A civil lawsuit by Huobi alleges that Chun set up an account in his father's name using the authority to approve $20 million credit line from the trading platform. The illicit scheme reportedly didn't stop there as Chun then traded against the corporate account he controlled, making a profit of about $5 million in the form of USDT. Twitter's board, according to an SEC filing today, is unanimously asking shareholders at an upcoming special meeting to approve Elon Musk's bid of $44 billion to acquire Twitter. If completed, the buyout could become a major milestone in crypto because Musk wants to add payment services to Twitter and it could be possibly Dogecoin. On the All In podcast, at the All In Summit, Musk has said, hey, we need something like WeChat. If you guys don't know WeChat, it's an app in China that does everything and you have to use it in China to understand the amazing um, total, I guess, package that this app is and how it integrates in everything in society, which is kind of dystopian, but also very, very convenient. Anyway, he's saying, could Twitter be that? Crypto lender BlockFi has secured a $250 million line of credit from crypto exchange FTX, said CEO Zach Prince. Today, at BlockFi signed a term sheet with FTX official to secure a $250 million revolving credit facility, providing us with access to capital that further bolsters our balance sheet and platform strength. Prince said the proceeds from the FTX loan are contractually subordinate to all client balances, meaning that BlockFi will satisfy its obligations to client accounts, BlockFi interest accounts, BlockFi personal yield and loan collateral before paying back FTX. So that means BlockFi's products and services will continue to operate normally. And finally, cryptocurrency exchange FTX withdrew from talks to sponsor a jersey patch or a patch on the jerseys of a major league baseball team, the Los Angeles Angels. I can't find how much the deal was worth, but obviously the industry is tightening its belts. And I thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Again, Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, good luck coddling, everyone.